Welcome to another Tabletop Ramble, I'm your host Jacko. On this week's show, it's the daddy's turn to pick the games to say what we think are the best games, and obviously we're going to be right. On the Kickstarter kick around, we take a look at Star Scrappers Orbital, Crack the Code, Atlantis Rising Monstrosities, and Upzone. But before getting to all that, here's this week's Tabletop Gaming News. So first bit of news this week, I want to give a shout out to uh, Rob Oren. Um, Rob is a YouTuber, he does so much great content, I'm an absolutely massive fan of his work. He has an awesome show called Rob's Tabletop World. He's got a really nice laid back style where he really does welcome you into his home. And he's just such an open genuine guy. So to cut a long story short, Rob's uh, had a nasty injury and it's done some damage to his uh, predominant arm and this is going to require some quite extensive surgery anybody who's seen Rob's stuff he does do a lot of painting and things like that and so it, it could quite well affect the way he's going to go forward uh, among some of his other content that he's done I, I'm a big fan of he used to do quite a bit of stuff on uh, the Dice Tower he had a real good friendship going with Sam Healy and I used to love their Battling Brushes series which was fantastic where they take two different teams from the same game with miniatures and paint them up and have a mini contest kind of to show who who's, was best but at the same time whenever Sam and Rob were doing their stuff they would always bring it down to a real nice level. They've always made me feel like I'm capable of painting. And anybody who's unsure of uh, a little bit worried about painting the miniatures, go check out what they do because they break it down to such a good, easy level. And they just make everything look, just take it up a notch and just make it look nice. I can't recommend Rob's content enough. So yeah, if you want to go over, have a look at what stuff he's done in the past and just join me in wishing Rob all the best and a speedy recovery. So I'm thinking of you, big man, and hopefully we'll be back soon. Some absolutely massive news from FFG. They are no longer going to be doing the Star Wars miniature games. So if you think of the likes of X-Wing, Armada, Legion. So these are some of the biggest games that they make. And, yep, it's no longer going to be happening. Now, although it sounds quite a big, shocking change, it's not as massive as it might first appear, because basically what has happened, Asmodee, who are the company that own FFG, they are basically just transferring it over to a different department. So they're transferring it over to another company that's called Atomic Mass, now, Atomic Mass are the same guys who brought us Marvel Crisis Protocol, which has got very good reviews as well. Although it's a fairly new established company, to me it looks like this is something Asmodee has been planning on for a while. And the, the intention was to basically have Atomic Mass as their miniature specialist. So... Although it's a case of it's taking a big thing away from FFG, it's all staying within the same company. So I don't think we'll see the games disappear. I think it's just going to be a case of instead of having an FFG logo on it, it's going to have an atomic mass. That's what I think, but time will tell on that one. Yet another trade show stroke convention was hit by this COVID-19. And this weekend it was the turn of the Tokyo game market. Now... It's still done pretty well. It had on day one 8,100 visitors, day two 5,200, so it was a total of 13,300 people turned up. 
virtually that is so a couple of the games that I did notice that come out caught my attention first one is called Ninja Catfoot and the Covert Action so I'm a big fan of Oink games this one I suppose it's a bit like Hungry Hippos but instead of having hippos your hand is going to be the actual hippo and inside this circle there's going to be various points all the time this is going on you're going to strap your mobile phone to your arm and you've got to slowly move your arm in to try and grab the pieces that you want there's going to be up to four people playing so you don't want to go too slow but if you go too fast then you're going to have to stop and wait while everybody else is carrying on so it looks quite a good twist on a, an old theme and bringing it up into um, modern day Another one from Oink Games is Bandita. So Bandita is the sister game of Bandito. So Bandito is for one to four players, recommended for six years plus. It's a cooperative game. It's going to have three different modes. There's a female bandit that you'll have to try and jailbreak. Another one from Oink Games is Bandita. So Bandita is a sister game to the former release Bandito. With this one, it's for one to four players. It's a co-op game, and there's three different modes. But it's based around you have to try and jailbreak the uh, female thief from the game. You can actually even add Bandita. So you can add Bandito. <laughs> oh my goodness! You can add Bandito to the game, and then that will actually give you another mode to play in as well so that looks pretty good both of these games are going to be looking like somewhere around the £15 mark there's a very strange Urigella spoon bending game uh, this is published by Azobi it plays 3-5 to five players for 6 years plus and it should take about 20 minutes to play so in this game, players compete in a world tournament to demonstrate their supernatural powers by bending spoons with their psychic abilities. While you've got to be careful not to bend the spoon too much and be suspected of being nothing more than a magician. I've got no idea how this game plays. It just looks like the in the box you're getting five spoons and some tokens. It's interesting, if nothing else. I quite like the look of one that's called Crash Octopus. And this is published by Itten Games and designed by Naotaka Shimamoto. It's a nice dexterity game for 2 to 4 players, AG 6 plus, should take you between 20 and 30 minutes. In the game, you have lots of luggage that have been lost in the sea, and there's a giant octopus that's appeared. So, what you have to do, you have to try and flick the luggage to your ship. And you've got a tiny flag that's a part of your ship that you're using to flick this luggage in. It looks quite a fun, nice, easy flicking game. So, yep, not too bad. It looks, looks nice and bright. Should be appeal to a lot of people. But Asmodee have got a thing out called Connect and Play. You'll be able to connect with your loved ones through board games. In these challenging times, they're making it easier for you to play some of the best loved games through various video conferencing things like Zoom or whatever you want to use, really. They're going to have different games available that you'll be able to play online with each other. These include likes of Double, Dexit, Just One, plus a few others. So definitely worthwhile checking out. AEG are releasing some Mighty Micro expansions, so the latest ones are going to be for Mystic Vale called the Evergreen Expansion and Tiny Towns have one called Tiny Trees. So these are quite small expansions just to give you a tiny little bit extra. These are going to be available for £10 off the AEG website. They're also going to be releasing some more in 2021, so they're going to be doing some for Smash Up, The Captain Is Dead and Cat Lady Kittens. Even though the BGG Con got cancelled, they're still giving you the opportunity to meet up face to face and get together and game on virtual tables. So over five days and five nights there's going to be lots of games that are going to be available to play on various digital platforms. Everything is going to be user driven so if you want to play a specific game then you can host it and they're going to try and help everybody play with each other. Now there is a cost involved which I believe was $10. But at the same time, if you are hosting a game, then that's for free. 
So they're hoping that this is going to be a massive record-breaking event where there's going to be lots of people playing ball games online all at the same time. Um, and this is called BGG at Home. I'll provide all the links to that on the uh, new website. Asmodee and Catan Studios are celebrating 25 years of, of the really famous tabletop title, Settlers of Catan. So they're releasing a 25th anniversary edition that will include uh, 5 and 6 player expansion, custom dice, iridescent player pieces and uh, and a few more bits and pieces. It is one of the godfathers of the modern day board game really. It sold over 32 million copies and it's been available in over 40 different languages worldwide. It's been a massive hit and this could sit around for many more years to come. And finally, on a sad note, the news is slowly getting round about Satish Pilamari, who recently lost his battle with cancer. So Satish, he was one of the founders of North Star Games. He was involved in creating many great party games like Wits and Wagers and Say Anything. Unfortunately, he lost his battle just days after his son was born and he never got the chance to meet him. North Star have donated all the remaining copies of the last game that he was working on towards a scholarship fund for his uh, newborn son. So he'll be able to get that when he turns 18. So the entire price of Dude, which was the la latest game, is going to be available through the NorthStar.com website. It costs $25 and all of this funds raised will go towards his son. Before we get started on this week's show, I owe a massive apology to Angela Primus, as she was the person who suggested we look at games for kids. I meant to mention you last week, I do apologise. Anyway, this week it's going to be the daddy's turn to do the recommendations of the games that are be good for kids. So I'd like to welcome back Peter. Hello. So I think it's about time we actually got and done our job, because the kids have done theirs, and I'm a bit worried because they've set the bar really high, and <laughs> they might have done a bit better job than us, but... Oh, you want more games? Okay. Uh... Right, so yeah, these are where we actually say, like, you know, the kids were wrong, and these are what they should have been. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, right, so there's not too much expectation placed on my shoulders now. One of the Caitlin's favourite games, and I have to thank yourself, um, uh, uh, Jack for actually kind of like introduced me to it. A game called Hunger. Hunger. Oh, don't tell me about Hunger. It's so good. Which is, oh, yeah. it's it's just fantastic. It's uh, it's the premise is it's um it's set in prehistoric times, and you are a a tribe which is looking for a new leader. Uh, I think it's the Sabretooth Clan. I think what they're called. And the way you do that is you go off and um, um, hunt for re different resources, which you're then trading for better resources. So it's a lovely little kind of like uh, 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 Euro game, but the, 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 which comes with some fantastic peaches, uh, pieces, rather, not peaches. Uh, and the catch to it is because you're the Sabretooth <laughs> tribe, um, the, the kind of mascot for the tribe is, is, is Honga, the Sabretooth. Who, if you don't actually um, spend some time actually giving the the, the 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 cat some attention, he'll come and literally eat your resources. So thematically, it's beautiful. Mechanically, it's such a basic mechanic in that, like you, it's it's card management, and each card has actually your handprints on them, a number of handprints, and there's is it four sections on the board, I think, or four areas yeah. where you play these cards. And each... well, you've got. You've, there's actually, I think it's split into eight, but the cards have four yeah, different bits. That's on. it. That's it. Yeah. And um, each of those, and the cards are basically circular and cut into four. And each section has either one or several handprints on it. So you can you can you can de you can determine how many bits of resources you want and how much attention you want to give hunger. But there's so many different ways you can you can get victory points by the trading resources or. Um, climbing up, I think it's a, a mountain to the you know, to, to pray to the kind of like the, the 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 gods. There's it's it's so good, and it's one of those because thematically it really kind of like it can draw kids into it, but it doesn't mean that it's not a, a crunchy euro. It can be a really crunchy euro, and you're there trying to work out like, well, this person's so many points ahead. How do I play this hand to win? 
And again, it's one of those moments, it's one of those games where you get those wonderful moments where you're there really kind of like thinking, how do I do this? And lo and behold, there's this wonderful capture round where your daughter just comes in and goes, I've just won the game. And it's like, <laughs> that's really, they're just going, that's really clever thinking, which again, is, you know, as a parent, you really want to see. Um, yeah, Hunger, great game. I mean, I don't know how um, your, you guys like come uh, uh, found it, but Caitlin loves it. That's game come across a while ago. It's made by Haber, that one. Yeah. And it plays, I think it's two to five, if I remember rightly. Yes. Um, the the one thing I would say about it, the actual, the different components are absolutely fantastic. They're proper nice, chunky wooden bits, mm. like the meeples are nice on it. There's some mammoths, which is yeah. quite a good mechanic, where you can sort of spend some of your resources, so your fish, your berries and... Mushrooms, that's the one. Mushrooms, that's the one, yeah. So you spend one of each of those and you can get yourself a mammoth. But by getting a mammoth, what that does, that allows you to get slightly better cards, mm. which will have an extra handprint on it. Yeah. And even just having that is quite also like, do I, do I sell some to get better? There's so many different ways of playing the game. But yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a beautiful game. I really do like it, I must admit, yeah. But no, that was actually on my list. So, <laughs> but don't worry, don't worry. I have plenty more in backup. So, yep, yeah, no, but that's a great start, I must admit. Yep, yeah, very strong start. Okay, so my first one, I'm going for one called Zombie Kids. Yes. Which is quite at this time of year. Have you played this one? I haven't. That's one which you've mentioned before, and I think it's a game which Caitlin would love. I think it's a game. Yeah. It's very much on the kind of like on, on, on the to buy list, really. So basically, the premise is in essence, it's a tower defense game. So what you've got, you've got a board, and it's set in a school. And there's five different interior, class A classroom buildings, parts, and then there's four uh, gates outside. And the idea is that every round you'll roll a dice and a zombie is going to spawn in that colour uh, area. Like, so it might be, I don't know, red might be a maths room or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you have to try and go around and get all the gates locked uh, outside. And you just literally m- uh, move into a room and it can kill two zombies that are in that room. But if there's more than two in there, then you can't move into it. So it's a very, very simple game in essence. Literally, you roll the dice to spawn the zombies, and then you move your character. So that is all you need to do. When you get two characters together outside, that's when you lock the gate, give each other a high five, that gate now becomes locked. And let's say, when you've locked all four gates, you've won. Yeah. Now, this is where the game comes into its own. So... No, I mean, if that was just the game, that would be, that'd be absolutely fine, and it would be a pretty solid kids game as it is. But where these, uh, where this game really um, shines for me is the fact that every time you complete a level, uh, whether you win or lose, it doesn't matter. You get um, a little sticker that you put on the reward chart at the back. If, for example, you are able to achieve some of the feats, then you'll get a bonus sticker. And then once you played, I don't know, say five, maybe 10 games and you get all these stickers down, you then start opening up envelopes mm. and then your characters then develop and they might say, I don't know, they might get um, a super soaker. So their ability is they can shoot into two different rooms at the same time. Mm-hmm. There's like lots of different ones and I, I don't want to spoil it for anyone because there's all different things like that. And then the zombies also, they can become more powerful as well. So instead of just blundering along, they might be, I don't know, they might start moving other things around and so you got a plan you think and then all of a sudden it all moves but absolutely beautiful we got this uh, last christmas and they still keep wanting to pull it out and play it even though like we've completed it you know and the and the another really good thing about it is you don't have to play with all the different like power up zombies and all your own different power you can you know you can you can mix and match it how you want to play it so absolutely fantastic! It plays uh, from two to four players. Uh, I suppose certainly could do it solo, but it's better when you play it with other people, just because it is yeah you know, the the enjoyment of playing it with kids. And also, it is a game where I I, I really like letting the kids take charge and let mm. them come up with the decisions. Mm. So it's a good co-op game, but it's not one where you have to hold their hand. They they can literally guide you and tell you where they want you to go. Yeah. So yeah. It's yeah, really nice. 
Also, they are about to bring out another one called uh, Zombie Teens, which I've not okay. seen yet, but it's looking really nice. So I think we'll be jumping on that one as well. Maybe uh, possibly might be appearing um, in a little Santa wrapping uh, yeah. paper this year, I reckon. But yeah, yeah. but it's a fantastic little game. Sounds good. And like I say, it's a game you've mentioned before, and it's one of those which is like, oh, yeah, I have to keep an eye out for that. I think, I think like yourself, it might make an appearance down the chimney on Christmas Day, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyone out there listening, I really do recommend it. Yeah, really good. So next one, uh, it, it, it's it, to be honest, I think this game is one of those where if you've not played it, then you, you're doing something wrong. Uh, uh, Quacks of Quidlingberg such a great little game um lovely kind of push your luck uh building the potion game again it it's one of those where just the replayability is brilliant you know it, it, you, you're essentially picking ingredients to to make the best make, make the best potion really and each ingredient has a particular effect on on, on your on your game board on on the actual on your cauldron as it were with it, you, the one thing which you, you've got to be, you've got, you, you have to be aware of, which, which basically, you know, stops you from putting more ingredients or, 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 or the cherry bombs essentially. So you have a number of white tiles, these cherry bombs, which if you go above seven, your cauldron explodes and you don't get as many victory points essentially. Um, but it's a game which Caitlin keeps on wanting to play and come back to because the replayability is just huge. And it 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 it, it, can't, it it there's a lovely kind of integral part of it where you you can't you you're working out probability of like if I do I want to draw another tile what's likely of me drawing the wrong tile to make to make the to make the code explode so you know there's lovely little thought process of like you of the whole push you luck in like do I want to go further do I want to hold back and Caitlin loves it you know for a game which is you know tailored to a, to a higher um, age range. The way the game's set out is beautiful. It, it the game it's one of those games where you know exactly where you are on the board, and you know exactly what you need to do next in regards to just in regards to how the actual games play their particular phases, and it's really good. I mean, like I say it's one of those games. I think if you haven't heard of it yet, they haven't heard of it yet, then you, you're not really listening to the right podcasts or they're in the right circles. Um, but I heartily recommend Quacks of Quittingburg. Um, I mean, they've, they've well, they had one expansion out Herb Witches, which gives um, a lovely mechanic in regards to the witches themselves give you an ability where you, it gives you extra stuff. And I know there's one coming out, which I think, I don't know what it's called, but you actually, uh, we, we, we're trying to get particular particular ingredients in the pot to, to, to alleviate somebody's ailment. And I, I, that was announced a couple of months ago, but I don't know what it's called. And I don't know when, when the release date, when the release date out is, but just, just the game itself is beautiful. It's lovely mechanics and just replayability is fantastic. Excellent. So, uh, how would you say um, how difficult would that be? Like, because I've I've not I've played it before, but I'm trying to think of how easy it would be for, say, like a five six year old to play that one. Um, Does the, she have no problems with it whatsoever? Or the, the, it's one of those games. It's one of those games where the way it's laid out, it tells you what you have to do. Um, right. So the board itself is it, you have you you have the you have the big cord in the front and you have a starting thing and it, the whole thing is that um, each tile is numbered between one and three and that's how many spaces it moves forward. Um, mm. Each ingredient can can give you extra bonuses where you can move your pieces around even 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 more, which is described on these little kind of like uh, templates for each of the ingredient. But underneath that, it tells you which tiles go into which of the actual chips go into your draw bag first. How many of the uh, of the um, cherry bombs you, um, you need to draw for the cauldron to explode on the actual on the victory um, board? It tells you it goes for the, it shows. So you it's quite self-explanatory. Yeah, so it, it, it shows you you know at which phase do you do this part, at which phase do you do that part. Oh, okay. So visually, it, it, it's one of those games which plays itself. You, all you're doing is just running for the motions, as it were, um, whilst right, obviously gotcha. making decisions as you, as you go along. Um, yeah. And it's one of those uh, again. I think it comes down to because you know with lockdown you play more and more games and you look into more and more advanced games just to kind of like, you know, keep yourself entertained as much as the, as young, as younger ones. And then Caitlin picked, mm. it, picked it up really quickly. I mean, there's, there's obviously just a frustration in the first couple of rounds. I'm going like, well, you know, you may start, I think you start off with seven, eight, nine. I think you start off with, 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 with 10 chips. And of those right. chips, seven of them are, are, are the, um, are the cherry bombs. Um mm. 
so you are kind of the odds are against the odds are against you and you, you have to work out you know if i'm going to draw another cherry bomb if that cherry bomb is going to make my collagen explode so that's quite you know that's quite a steep learning curve for like you know uh, uh, for young right, for young yeah. children but it has that replayability to it yeah okay fair enough yeah that's great excellent right okay so my next one right so first one done was cop so next one i'm gonna do i'm gonna do a dexterity in this one still comes up we've had it a few years i actually won it as a prize because it wasn't saying that actually appealed to me but won it as a prize i thought well i'll take it at home and it's been absolutely brilliant and that's ice cool yes um yeah it's oh such a simple mm. idea you've got little penguins that you're flicking around the school building and you're trying to capture yep. fish and then you're taking it in turns and one player each round playing the role of the school monitor yeah and he's trying he's basically playing tig with the other penguins and so he's trying to get his penguins hit the other penguins before they can catch all the fish absolutely brilliant little game well call it little it's actually quite big it's but huge yeah it they, does take up a bit of a bit of a table doesn't it as a table presence. yeah but the the way uh, they designed the box is really good because mm. what they've done they've actually used they, they utilize the box as the plane surface yep. and then they've got box within box within box so, so there's like five different boxes that all sort of pull out of each other and then you lay them and connect them up and then that's what gives you your skull so yeah it's a very nice simple game uh but it's one that the kids really like especially if you when you're the the hall monitor yeah. so like they love it and like you know you can make a real fuss oh, i'm gonna get your sort of thing and you're chasing them around they've also done an ice call too mm-hmm. it's identical to the first one but what they've done they've given you different color penguins so you can now play up to eight instead of just uh, the four and they've also done it so you can link it all together, so oh, you can sort of double the size, and now you can do all these different layouts as well. It, it works. It doesn't matter your age, yeah. Because you can actually learn to do trick shots. You can yeah. do like flicks where you can actually bounce over the doors and all different things like that. So it's yeah, it's a really cool I, little I've game. I've played it a couple of times, and, and you know, there's 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 a, there's a definitely a, a knack to how you actually flick the actual the, the penguins around. You know, when you can actually get like a nice little curl shot as well. It's just yeah, yeah. It can go. Through say three doors yeah. and one hit and ah oh, yeah, um, and, and again it's going to say and again it's, it's one of those where, where it isn't age dependent. There's, there's always that you know, the, that one child who picks up really quickly and you're there going like how have you, how did you do that? Yeah, and uh, the other thing as well we sort of like you will get sort of things where they're not actually aiming for it. They might ricochet off something else and then they still yeah. get away with it. And you're like yeah. oh, I don't believe that. Yeah, now. On the slight side note, I, f- I can't remember, I think I men- mentioned it in last week's show, but they're actually doing another sort of version where they're going to uh, take it to a new level. Okay. Where they're actually doing a double decker version. Oh, so, wow. And, yeah, oh, yeah. That so you can actually so still, good. You've got like a catapult so you can shoot up <laughs> and you've got holes that you can drop down on each other. And they're changing the theme. So it's not going to be penguins, it's going to be mechs. So, um, called oh. Iron Forest, this one. Oh, so, I'm definitely. I think I've heard about this. Yeah, it sounds interesting. Ice cool, really good, nice, simple, flick around. And oh, the other thing I quite like about it, just because you catch a fish, it doesn't. Because what happens is once you catch all three fish, that's the end of the round. Yep. And so, you can get points for that, and you actually get a card, but you don't know whether it's got one, two, or three fish on it. Mm. And. Also, you've got the whole monitor can win the round when he catches the other penguins. He actually takes their passport, and for every passport he's got at the end of the round, he'll learn the card for the amount of fish. Yeah, so it doesn't matter. You've not a disadvantage, and everyone has a turn of taking the, the role of the whole monitor as well. But it's yeah, it's really nice, uh, simple game. But yeah, really good that one. Cool. The next game, um, one of the first games we actually got a, a game called Suro, which is just it's just a lovely game it, it looks really really nice um it premises you are dragons finding your way across the, the the world i mean it's very kind of kind of chinese kind of oriental kind of you know finding the right path and all this but, but you know thematically but the game itself is, is very straightforward you are literally just you you, you have a, a a deck of tiles and the tiles have different paths on them, and you're basically finding your you basically you're laying the tiles down to move across the board, and it's the last person in wins essentially. 
Um, so mechanically, it's very, very straightforward because uh, all you're doing is it's, you, you're picking up a tile, putting the tile in, in front of you, and you're moving your piece across that particular that particular path. And what what you're trying to do is either keep yourself on the board. So as the board state gets more and more complicated, as you you'll you'll be bumping into other dragons, and if two dragons bump, you're out the game, or you're bumping into another tile that's been there before, and that will take you off the board. So it's one of those games which starts off very, very straightforward. Mechanically starts off very, very straightforward. But as the game progresses, you're there going like, well, if I put my tile there, then I'm dead. You know, it becomes cake or death, essentially. That's one of the, yeah. one of the ways we just, Kate describes it. So I was like, you know, it's cake or death. The, the, you know, you're there turning the tile on. It's like, well, that's death. 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 Oh, I'm alive. <laughs> I'll play it that way around. Yeah. So, you know, it's a game which, again, because of that, it's it, it's very easy to pick up. And it's very easy for young people to pick up uh, as well. It's, it, I mean, my partner, bless her, it, one, 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 one of the provisos um, um, she stated whenever, when, when we first started collecting games was, was pick a game which we can all play, not just you. And mm. Suro is very much one of those games which you can just play as a family or you can just give, you can give to Caitlin to try and actually work out the puzzle herself. It's yeah. heartily recommend it. And that, and it also plays quite a lot of people. Actually, it plays up to up to eight players. So again, you know, the game state can get really complicated quite quickly. Yeah, no, it's a not very nice and it's very simple. And I think it's the sort of game where you don't really need to explain the rules no, too much. Do no. You just literally put your tile down. Last man standing wins. It's it's that sort of. I think though, because it plays so many, it's one of those where you could probably. Pull it out for say, well, maybe not this year, but like say a Christmas party yep. or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh no, excellent. Yeah, nice little choice. <laughs> Next one, I'm gonna actually pick. I'm gonna pick an RPG just to go slightly different. So you my kids, they about really you, you little cheat. Is it nothing of oh grumble? That's no, it. I'm, I'm gonna go, go stalk in the corner now. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so look, my kids they love making up stories yeah. they really do enjoy it I'm not a big RPG player I've done a few but I wouldn't say I'm the sort of person who's really confident I'll sit down and I'll be happy to be a DM or anything yeah. like that but I could tell my kids were like because they like stories I thought oh, I'd try it with them and this is called Hero Kids okay so Hero Kids there's a couple of different versions there's one that's sort of set in a fantasy world they compete their own characters, uh, but within that, they can sort of assign different powers to them if they want and s- sort out what strengths. I mean, they can design totally their own one if they wanted to, but it does give some that you know recommendations. And it's very simple. They'll be given like, I don't know, are they good at magic? Are they good at um, mm-hmm. strength attacks? Are they good at healing? That sort of thing. Yeah. And so if they're good, they'll get to roll more d6 if they're not very good they'll just roll the 1d6 and the stories are very nicely set out uh, there's one the i think it's the first one where you, you go into like a, a cafe and the cafe owner's sons disappeared and they were last seen down in the cellar and you go down mm-hmm. into the cellar and then there's like a load of rats that you got to try and get around and then you find a hole in the basement and you try and sort of go, explore into it and it's really nice because everything about it is very simple. You got to move, you roll the dice. The mechanics are basically if you can roll equal to or higher, then you'll win. But the, it really opens the door so that they can try to explain. Instead of just saying, Right, I kick it, that you gotta say, Well, how are you getting it? Like they'll say, Well, mm. I'll bounce off the door and do a jump and spin kick. And then, okay, you can, and then as soon as you get them to do that, then they yeah, start thinking yeah. all different things. Yeah. And like our kids are like, there was one where there was pirates and said, right, what are you going to do now? And she's like, well, there's a treasure box there. I said, yeah, sure. Well, I'm going to push them in the treasure box and close it. And it was just like, well, okay, right. So you, that's quite difficult. So you, um, you got to roll a four plus to do it and boom, she does it. And like, they're all happy. But the amount of times they'll come up with an absolutely insane suggestion. And it might be mm. saying like, oh, I don't know what I climb up the rig and I'll do this mad summer sort of flip thing and then that'll cannon him into there and that'll kick three of them into the water and I'm like, well, yeah, okay, you'll need a six dude and then they roll a six. You're like, I don't believe it and that's it. They're all up and dancing and yeah. it's yeah, it's a brilliant little thing. Now the good thing about this is it's a, a print and play, 
So there's not right. a massive cost involved. You, if you go on to drive through, I believe the designer I've got a cast of mine, but I think he's called Justin Halliday, and he's done loads and loads of different scenarios. You're probably looking at about, I don't know, maybe about £3, if that. I think the first one it, it was about maybe pound fifty. And you'll get the rule book and then you'll get given a scenario and then you can pick up extra scenarios, maybe a pound at a time, or they'll do like bundle deals. Um, But yeah, and you can just sort of print them off and just run with it. The the artwork's very basic, very nicely done. And like they even give you like colouring in sheets so the kids can colour in their own characters. Uh, Like I say, there's a space theme one, there's a superhero one. But yeah, you can sort of like tailor it to the kids. And like I say, because it costs literally a couple of quid, yeah, it's it's a good way of testing it to see if they like it or not. I mean, as it happens, like I end up buying more of them because the kids absolutely love it. So, but like I mm. say, so you could spend one pound fifty, decide it's not for them, and that's it. That's all you've lost. It's a real nice one, but yeah, if, if you're interested in giving your kids an RPG, Hero Kids is one I really do suggest having a look at. Cool, I might have a look at that myself actually. Yeah, she's always asked that. She always wants me to tell tell me sto- tell uh, to develop stories so yeah I, th- I think just to get the, the creativity out i mean it's just a joy of rpgs anyway it becomes an interactive story as the more you more progress you know and, and and the best you know rpgs are ones where as much as it's led by a particular gm the, the players feel invested you know there's there's nothing worse when the when the story becomes mechanical and you're there at, at the dm's whim rather than your own it's, yeah uh, well, like, like I said before, because I'm not overly confident being a DM, I don't think I would have mm. been happy to write the story. But the way they do the story, it's very easy, and they sort of map it out for the DM. So, you know, I, I, I'm quite happy I could give it to my partner, and she'd be able to do it for yeah. them sort of thing. It's that sort of thing. The, the more you make it exciting, the better it, it will yeah. be. But at the same time, they, they've done the map. So basically, when you get to a part of the map, do you want to take this path or that path? And then just get the next section, put it down, and then off you go again. So, yeah, it's, it's very nicely done, I must admit. And again, with you know, with, with, when, when parents are looking for things to do with their children, I think I think um, RPGs or a nice light RPG like that, that's that's an afternoon of just playing. Yeah. You know, that's the, that's the thing about RPGs. You, you, it's one of those where you look up the clock and go, oh my God, have we, have we been doing this for this many hours? Oh, it uh, does, yeah. Yeah, let's get some food in quick. Well, you know? this is it. And the other thing I found with it was it was a case of the, the, they get very invested into it. Mm-hmm. And when you actually look at the clock, you think, oh, we better stop now. Because it's quite good. Because like to reach, say, mission, you go on, there might be, say, five to, say, seven sheets. So yeah. sometimes it's a case of, right, well, we'll do this level and then we'll stop here. So yeah. when you come back to it, it's very easy. You just go, right, we're on this map now and off you go again. So, yeah, it's excellent for that as well. Cool. Right. So uh, fourth choice, I think we're at now. Yeah. Fourth choice. Oh, I'm kind of... Uh, I, I, right, okay, so... I think it's time to mention the joy of Oink Games. Oink Games, if you haven't heard of them, are a beautiful little company which do fantastic games in a really small box. Um, There's a whole load of Oink Games out there from the sublime to the ridiculous. uh, And one which um, I've played lots of times and Caitlin really enjoys is one called Deep Sea Adventure. Oh, this was on my shortlist, this one. Yep. Um, n- another little push of luck game, and you are sea, of- sea adventurers looking for treasure at the bottom of the ocean. And essentially, it's you set up a lovely little board and you roll dice to go further down a trail of treasure. And you have a choice to um, pick up um, the little token, which could have lots of treasure or not lots of treasure. But the further down you go, the more likely you are to get more treasure. Uh, unfortunately, the further deeper down you go, the more oxygen that requires. And if you run out of oxygen before you get back home to the to the to the submarine, that's it. You didn't get any treasure. It's oint games. I've got. It. I think they've got it wrapped up in regards to how to basically get the the most out of a small box really uh, i know you yeah. mentioned them um, the epic um, um games in the previous podcast which are also really good but i just i think oink's simplicity 
and just ease of just you know these are games you could just chuck into a rucksack and whenever you get an opportunity to, to, to bring them out there's going to be an appetite to play them um but yeah deep sea adventure uh plays is it six uh yeah i believe it is yeah yeah it's quite a few it's quite a few i think it's six and yeah it's one of those where if you're stuck for an idea of a game to play bring it out and yeah we've mentioned the whole thing of like games which the whole family can play and yeah this plays anything anybody anything from about six to 66 it's you know it's entirely up to you um, yeah, Lucas has been playing this one over a while now, a couple of years, and the, the the idea is very simple. But at the same time, it's what I find that when, the first time people play it, they tend to just try and go as deep as they can, and then don't realise because as soon as you pick up treasure, that's when you start using up the oxygen. Yeah. So you could go all the way down, and then, but you're never going to get back up. So what, it's what, very what? much you've got to try and think how far do I go because mm. it's not only the auction that you use because it's the shared yeah, um, auction exactly, in the yeah, submarine. The shared, yeah. So yeah, uh, and you, that's you the, could use it all up. And that's the thing because for each treasure item you pick up, you have to take one away from your total dice roll, and 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 the and the dice they're only free, they're, they're d six, but the maximum you can get is three, so like they're actually d three. So yeah, yeah it, you find that the the journey down goes very quickly, but the journey up goes 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 far too quickly. It's just like, oh no! Yeah. So yeah, it's that very much kind of like you're balancing between do I go for the big juicy treasure at the bottom, or do I just pick off a few at the top and hope I get some a, a better score? But yeah, yeah no, very nice. Like I say, there's a for such a simple small game. There's a lot of game there, and it's yeah, really good one that one. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Like I say, it was on my shortlist, that one. So, yep, well done. I like that one. I mean, I mean, Owen could, Owen could do a whole range of games. I mean, you could, you could probably spend an entire day just discussing which are the best Oink games out there because there's so mm. many. Um, so, yeah, anyway, but Deep Sea Adventure. That's yep. number nah, four. That's a cracker. <laughs> yep, excellent. Right, okay, so I'm going to go for a tile lane game now. Now, because Lucas uh, previously mentioned Karuba, um, I'm gonna do one that was probably his first toll lane game, which is King Domino. Yes. So it's a very simple uh, tile lane game where you have like domino cards, and on either side you'll have a type of land. So it could be a farmland, it could be a swamp, it could be you know, a field. So, and the idea is you need to match up at least one of the sides with a tile next to it. Then the bigger the land, the better. But you need to make sure you have a crown that's in that area. And for every crown, that is a multiplier of the amount of matching lands. So it's a very simple game. Yeah, Kids can pick it up really easily. Where it gets tricky for an adult, say, is that you have to do this within a 5x5 five five grid. So the yeah. way that I varied it for the little ones, for Ella, initially, I think the first time she played it, I said she's got to do hers within... A seven by seven, so she's got a bit more room, and so bits of poking mm-hmm. out the sides, it didn't matter. And with Lucas, uh, what I said to him when he was like about four was that he could go wherever he wanted. And so, and we found that the scores were still pretty close. And then as they got all older, Lucas went to say the seven to seven, and Ella went to the six by six. And now, like, so, and now they, they can both play on the five by five, but it was just a, a quite a nice yeah. way of sort of drip feeding. They was able to get older the mechanics, it's nice, simple. It's got a very nice uh, way you actually pick the domino tiles as well, where on the back side they have a number on them, and the higher the number, generally the better the card, and they go towards the bottom of the stack. So whoever picked last in the previous go, they get to pick first on the next go. So they get to think, oh, well, do I want to go for a better Mm -hmm. card? Or do I want a, nothing really suits what I've got, so I might go for a, um, a lesser card and hope to get a good card on the next round. Because they go have first choice. So it's a really yeah. nice, simple game. But yeah, it's quite a good, that one. Yeah, I've heard good things about it. It's not a game I've actually played. You know, it's one of those kind of like, uh, you've never seen Star Wars. Yeah. Really. yeah. Never played King Domino. What? what? Um, but yeah, it's, it, I've yeah. heard great things about it. <laughs> right, so... <laughs> Last game, right? Well, I've I've got a couple, um, and I'm and I'm gonna go on the game which we play the most out of the couple of games, 
And it's one of those where people are like, are you sure this is a game for kids? And I'm going to pick um, Welcome to the Dungeon, which is, okay. which is a, uh, if you've not played it, it's, again, it's a, another pressure of that game, actually. That seems to be, be a bit of a theme at the moment with, with the games which we're picking out. But it's a strange push of that game. The premise is you are a adventurer going into a dungeon, and it's played by you take it in turns by putting monsters in the dungeon, which the adventurer is going to actually face, and you have a choice um, when it's your turn to either put a monster in or take a piece of the pl- of the actual um, adventurer's equipment away. And then pass on to the next player. So it's kind of like a bit of bluffing, a bit of push your luck, a bit of engineering the game to your own advantage. And Caitlin loves it, and she's also painfully good at it as well. Um, but the way, but uh, but there's also a lovely little reference card which tells you what cards are in the deck, but not necessarily what cards are in the dungeon. So you, you are constantly trying to work out dodge. It's like, you know, do I want to go in with this reduced amount of kit? Do I want to push somebody else in the dungeon and let them die and, and so I can win? It's it's a lovely little brain burner. And um, yeah, my daughter's painfully good, good at it as well. It's a nice little game, that one. Again, quite a small box mm. one. Again. I, yeah, I do like the fact that sometimes being brave doesn't pay off but sometimes you just got to go for yeah. it and i also like the fact that everybody has got a certain amount of information yes so you'll know some of the monsters that are in there mm. so it's all like you know you might put the dragon in there but you might know that there's a sword there that can kill dragon, a dragon exactly. so you're not too worried yeah. because they're really powerful but if someone takes that sword away you're like oh i'm getting out of here <laughs> so, <laughs> and then it becomes a double bluff as well it's just like i'm going to put this over here have i put that? and you know and, and and you know you can really play on it and, and again i think these are the games which i love the whole thing of like the whole table becomes animated over over one person's play rather than you are just comp- you know oh well when they decide to do the run yeah yeah, yeah. everybody's watching yeah yeah it's one. It's one. I think it's one of the games which it's got a quick turnaround. So you can, you can, you, you know, you, you can, you can play it. You can put it away. You can decide to play it again or bring something else out. It's a nice little other game. I think that one is quite dependent on the child yeah, as well. Definitely. That's probably for slightly the ones that are a little bit more. I can put it, logical thinking. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're aware and like they're able to think because there's sort of like certain things like, oh, I need that to be able to do that. But yeah, it's, it's a but, nice but I, I think also with, with with the game itself, you've got, I think you've got four different types of, types of adventure and they start off quite basic to, to you know, the, the war mechanic for the, for, the, for the, I think it's the Barbarian. It's pretty straightforward. You know, this does this, this does this, this will let you kill this particular monster. Whereas you got, I think, I think the fourth one's the Mage. And there's some very interesting abilities which the mage can do. So you know there is that kind of like you know that gradient of of difficulty with, within the game. So right. you know, um, and like I say, Caitlin, you know, you give her the mage, and, and you're going to lose because she knows how to play it. And everyone's like, but how, did you, <laughs> how did you work that out? How speak? You yeah. know, this is a person who's like you know, 30 years your senior. How did how <laughs> how? Oh, it's easy, Dad. No, it's not. You know, you know, who's the parent here? You know, and, yeah. and again, those moments are fantastic. You know, when when your child's teaching you a game. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that's a big part of it, isn't it? The fact that you know, sometimes you'll get it where you you're not letting up at all. You and you are genuinely playing, and they beat you. Yeah. And sometimes that's some of the moments where you're the most proud. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I'll take my hat off. You've just outdone me there. Yeah. And it happens more times than you might think, unfortunately. And it's going to get worse as well. That's the yeah. other thing. Oh, dear. <laughs> My next one. Uh, bum, bum, bum. I'm going to go with uh, Ticket to Ride. Oh, um, now, I'm actually going to go out, for Ticket to Ride London. It could be New York, but I'm going to go with London because that's the one, well, that's where I'm from and like reminds me <laughs> of home. Uh, um, right, uh, yeah, so the reason why I'm going for Ticket Ride London over Ticket Ride, there's a, there is a, a specific kids one available, yeah. but I personally prefer Ticket Ride London for the point of view of I could quite happily say pull this out and I could play it with you quickly for say 10, 15 minutes because yeah. it is a very quick game. I don't think if I was to pull out the Ticket Ride Kids version, me and you would be quite happy sitting down playing that in like a, a ball game cafe or something. Yeah. 
so that's why I got a ticket to ride London because it is a very simple game. It, it, it's a lot smaller than the like the say the Europe version or the American version, so it plays a lot quicker. You can get a game in and they're not going to get bored because I think sometimes if you used to play like a full length game, their sort of attention starts to go. So I think having like a smaller version is quite a good thing. Yeah. Uh, it's by Days of Wonder, if I remember yeah. rightly, and it plays two to four in the London version. And it's also another alternative to something like to something like Monopoly as well. I mean, there's, there's yes, there's nothing there's enough mechanics for the game which is similar to Monopoly in regards to picking your carriages and picking your routes. And it, and and it it's nowhere near as confrontational as Monopoly can get. I mean, the, the, no. Monopoly's got some great mechanics, but it gets to the point where it's just like, well, I'm playing this game now to lose. I'm only playing this game so you can claim the victory. Whereas you know, games like Tickets to Ride, they're a lot more, they're a lot tighter, and there's a lot more options available to you. You know, it's not quite as cut and thrust. Yeah, it's a very simple game where mm. literally you, you're you're given a ticket that have a route on it, mm. and you got a match from get from point A to point B. And what you're doing, you're looking to collect sets of cards in matching colours. There's a route that needs uh, three in between two different points, and you got three matching cards that match that colour. Then you can put your buses down, yep. which it is in London. Normally, it's trains yep. in the other versions. And that is it. Literally, you're just looking to try and get from point A to point B going down these routes. But you might find that, say, somebody might block your route and go Mm. across your path. Well, that just means you've got to take a longer route to get around. London, in particular, could be New York. uh, It's just a much quicker, smaller version. And I think it's really good for kids. So, yeah, that one. There are also bringing out an Amsterdam version as well, if I remember rightly, which I can't remember when it's coming out, but it's coming out pretty soon. Oh, there's, uh, there's, so that would be worthwhile. That, there's that, that's that many different boards for particular. Well, there's loads, you know. Yeah, you, but uh, the Amsterdam one is going to be another one that's on the similar size to London right, and New okay. York, so it's a smaller scale version. But a cracking little game. A ticket to ride overall is a good game, but I'd say if... If you want to play one with kids, I would personally go for one of those ones mm-hmm. first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just just whilst you mention that, I mean, I mean, there's there's a fair few games that are coming up which are doing junior options. I mean, mm. uh, how do you how would you feel about those as a variant to say like a, a harder or not harder a more complicated game? Well, well say something. I'm trying to think of one. There. You've got Agricola, for example. Yeah. yeah um, yeah, I think they're very good introductions, to be honest. Um, again, I think it's getting to know your kids, because some of the games, like, I mean, for example, with Ticket to Ride, we went for the London version, mm-hmm. because I knew that they'd be able to handle it. Some might prefer the, the, the kids' version. They might see it more uh, visually appealing to kids, maybe. I think a lot of the time it does actually come down in the individual. Yeah. But at the same time, I do like the fact that they are actually making these available now as sort of like good stepping stones. Yeah. Because there's quite a few coming out now, and I've got for the life of me, I mean, there's a Carcassonne one, Ticket Ride, Agricola. Well, there's my, uh, things like My Little Scythe as well. My Little Scythe, oh, that, that was going to be in my, uh, my mentions, but yeah, uh, My Little Scythe's another one, yeah. My Little Scythe, for example, I think it's a great example of a game that's tailor-made for kids with the 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 bigger picture mm. of trying to say, look, the, there are different games to, like, say, your Monopolies. So they could try them and then realise, oh, actually, there is this good, like, more of a Euro-style game, and there is like a good stepping stone, so that they would understand when it comes to playing my uh, to playing the proper game of Scythe in a few years later down the road. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think they've definitely got their place. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. I started that. I mean, it's just, I think you said that oh, perfectly there, haven't you, really? Uh... <laughs> Got a couple of honorary mentions. Saying go for it. What you got? Uh, well, the first one, I I, I would recommend Cockroach Poker because it's just a great game. Although the caveat is, you are essentially teaching your children to lie to you, which may not be the best thing to do. Uh, Cockroach no. Poker, great little game. The one thing I would say about it, if you play it with particularly young kids, sometimes they can't lie. Yeah, and it's really funny. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. For, for, for those sadistic parents out there, they just want to want to watch their children have a mental breakdown because they don't understand why they get why they're losing at a particular game. Yeah. Get them, get them, get them poker, and then they can have years of therapy when they're in their twenties and whatnot because yeah. daddy lied to them when they were six constantly. Yeah. <laughs> okay, go on. Uh, another one. Uh, six nymphed. Um, okay. I really love this game. It's it's kind of Uno Plus as, as how I see it. it it's 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 a 
the mechanic is quite straightforward, but um, the gameplay can get quite intricate. Last one, Bonanza. Lovely little game, collecting beans, all about uh, deck building and trading, and it introduces a lot of mechanics which you tend to find in more advanced games, I find. Okay, right, cool. So I've got a couple of honorary mentions. My little scythe, which we kind of mentioned a little while ago, Another one I got is called Impact. Yes. Now, Impact or some, I think there's a different version called Strike. Um, Really simple. You just throw in uh, dice into this cauldron and any mission symbols you get to take out. And it's, yeah, it's just like one of those ones push you like, do I go again or do I quit where I'm at? But yeah, that's a nice, simple dice chucker. You saw touching on it uh, earlier on when you said about Rhino Hero. Mm. Now, Rhino Hero is a really good one to get them started. It's almost like a reverse Jenga, but you're doing it with cards and you've got to try and stack your tower up as high as you can. There's also one called uh, Rhino Hero Super Mm. Battle. And that one's a little bit more intricate because you actually start off with different bases and they can build platforms going across from one to another. And everybody's got their own character and trying to get to the top first before it falls down. Yeah. Then there's, hey, that's my fish. Yes. Really nice little abstract game where you've got your little penguins. And when you stand on the ice, the ice disappears and you'll get the fish that's yeah. on it. And you're trying to get as much fish as you can. And the last one is get quite hard to get hold of. Um, this was on Kickstarter I backed. Um, and I got it as a print and play. Um, it might still be out there available, though, because I know they were looking to redo it. Um, it's called uh, Lightning and Bolt. That's a new one to And me. yeah, it's going back to the games where sort of like the memory games where you got to sort of flip over the tiles. Yep. With this one, you got different characters. So there's uh, superheroes and there's also a robot. So with the uh, superheroes, you're trying to go around the city and you're trying to match up the pairs of the people that are in trouble. Once you go to matching pairs, they come out of the game and like that's one set yep. rescued. The problem is, there's or everywhere you go and you're rolling dice because there's these like bad robots. So you're trying to defeat these robots by um, as you're going from tile to tile. Now the thing I really like about it is that they allow the adult to play and you are a good robot on there, and you got to try and start uh, equipping more equipment to yourself. And you roll three dice instead of the one to sit on, like, I don't know, you might have more bouncy legs or you might have to do different attacks. And you can actually help each other because if the kids get into difficulties, the robot can help. And if you, as a robot, get beaten up, they can come and repair you. Mm-hmm. So you bounce about. And then there's also a bad guy, and he's on one of the tiles. And if you find him, then you've got to mix them all up again. So you've lost. <laughs> and so, but yeah, it's a cracking little one, that one. Uh, that was maybe a brief mention. That one, a little bit longer than I thought. <laughs> yeah. It's a little, little bit difficult to get hold of, but it's a nice yeah, little it game. Yeah, sounds great. One. Yeah. And I think that's about it. Right. Oh, Boom. Nice one. Done. Right. So massive thanks for joining me, Pete. I'm sure that everyone agrees that our choices were a lot better than what the kids were. Well, obviously. Um, <laughs> it wasn't even yeah. a challenge, really. I'm kids. actually quite worried because I think they will be taking our jobs. Um, oh, <laughs> don't. I mean, um, she's eyeing it up now, to be honest with you. You know, I think I think, I think, think she's going to be the one actually going going back to the actual the board game groups and going, no, 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 no. Dad's, dad's not here anymore. I'm taking over. You're playing yeah, my yeah. games I'm now. I'm the daddy. You're, you're, you're playing my <laughs> games now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, massive thanks for joining You're us. More than um what we'll do is say hey, if you ever fancy joining us again, we'll have a look and we'll maybe do some more ramble recommends oh, and uh, Ramble recommends, oh, oh. definitely. Ramble yep. recommends. I mean, you know, add a few beers into the mix and uh I think there's an evening there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, we could do some drinking games. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> games? No, just <laughs> just drink. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Right, so absolutely brilliant. Nice one. Cheers, Pete. I'll catch you later, mate. Take care. Cheers, bye. It's time for the Kickstarter kick around. First Kickstarter we're going to look at this week is Star Scrappers Orbital. This is by Jacob Frictulous. He was the guy who brought Earth's Terraforming Mars, so straight away we're off to a good start. In this game you'll become a space station commander, you'll compete against rival corporations in a car game that's for 1-5 to players. Star Scrappers Orbital is an engine building worker placement game 
The players are looking to expand their orbitals by adding module cards, following the patterns of entrances and exits. You might want to add military modules, or you might want to add some bio modules, or even your luxury modules. So all the time you're collecting your cards together to try and expand and get yourself a really nice looking space station. And they'll play event cards and you get to attack each other. The game features really nice artwork and there's two different solo modes as well. There's also an expansion included for backers only. I'm a big fan of the uh, astronaut meeples that are in this game as well. So this is brought to us by Hexis Studio. It's doing really well so far. It had a funding goal of 13,000 and it's already smashed through 82,000. There's still four days to go, so it should be finishing on Saturday, November 21st. Pledge level starts at £29 for the core set, or if you want to get the deluxe crew set, this goes for £50. Or if you're feeling particularly flush, then there's a level at £81. They'll give you quite a few Kickstarter exclusive extras. <laughs> Crack the Code by Indie Board and Games. This looks an absolutely brilliant one. If you're a fan of the likes of Mastermind or Hanabi, it's like the two games got together and had a baby. In this game, you will have various marbles and you need to work together as a team to try and crack the code. Every person is going to pick a certain amount of marbles out of the bag and will have them in front of them, but they won't be able to see because there's going to be a card that's going to be placed in front of them, which the marble is going to be hidden behind. So you'll be able to see everybody else's and they'll be able to see yours. And so you've got to work together by sort of giving clues about how they need to change their order. You'll be able to work out a certain amount of information by looking what's out there so you'll know what's left is what you have, but you don't know what order it is. There'll be some different cards that you'll be able to play. So there'll be a receive card where you can take where you'll be able to take a marble from somebody else. You can send one of your marbles to someone else. You can route, which is where you'll be able to switch over to other players' marbles. And there's a wild one. But the problem is you're only limited to what cards are out there. So once you take that action, nobody else will be able to take it. So you really need to be talking to each other. You can't just say, oh, your middle ones are yellow. You have to be sort of like yeah you might want to have a look at doing this so you can give slight clues but you can't just tell them what they have and as a team you have to be able to arrange them in order before the deck of cards runs out otherwise you fail this is a real smart looking game it's for ages 14 plus for one to four players should take about 30 minutes one of the things I like about it, it's also got a campaign. So almost a bit like the crew where you the levels get progressively harder. You'll try and do that so that you're trying to break the network as you're going. This one really does appeal to me. It's got a nice price point of just £19. It's almost double what its funding goal was already. So this one is definitely going to be coming out. There's, as we speak, five days still to go. So this one should be finishing on uh, Sunday, November 22nd. <laughs> Atlantis Rising has a new expansion coming out called Monstrosities. Now I'm a big fan of uh, Atlantis Rising. It's a co-op game where you'll have an island and Atlantis being Atlantis is slowly getting consumed by the sea. And so it's a bit of a push of luck because the better things are out towards the edge of the island. But slowly away the sea is going to claim it. In Monstrosities... They're adding some extra Greek mythological creatures, so there's going to be the Medusa you'll have to go up against. There's also going to be some allies like the Centaurs that are going to be rolling around. This looks like a real nice expansion to what was a really good cooperative game. So I was a big fan of the original. Elf Creek Games look like they're doing a really good job when they come to revamping this, and the expansion looks just as good. So if you already have Atlantis Rising and you just want the expansion, that's available for £22. Or if you just want to get the base game, then that's £41. If you want to get both together, then that'll cost you £60. So far, funding has gone really well. They've absolutely smashed through their target goal, £15,000. They're on £126,000 and going nicely. There's only four days left to go on this one. So this one, again, is going to be finishing on, on Saturday, November 21st. <laughs> And the last one is for all the war gamers RPGs out there that want something that's a little bit different. 
So this is called UpZone and it's a pop-up terrain system. And when I say pop-up, I mean literally like a book. So you will be able to get these boards and you open them up and then you'll have all these buildings that uh, jump out. So there's all pyramids. It looks really nice. They, they've been putting the uh, figures on top. It's holding the weight, no problem whatsoever. It's done to 28mm scale, so it'll be suitable for the likes of 40k, Infinity, Malifaux, Star Wars Legion, Dungeons and Dragons, Pathfinder, you name it you'll be able to play it on it, well, if it's a miniature RPG. They've got different themes, so they've got one that's set as a cathedral zone, which I would imagine be pretty good for the likes of 40k. They've got a pyramid one, and they've also got a, a pop-up dungeon, so that'll be really good for your D&D as well. Um, it looks a really nice way of doing it. They've got the one-inch square grids already marked into it, so each set comes with eight pop-out boards and they'll be able to form a 60 by 44 battlefield. The thing I really like about it, you'll be able to make a battlefield absolutely instantly just simply by opening up your boards and you are away. Also storage is going to be so much easier, there's none of this making things up and then how do you put it away. This, they just fold flat in your box and away it goes. Nice, simple, absolutely brilliant. This is coming to you from Everything Epic. Already got a good track record of Kickstarters, so they're a company you should be able to trust. Each box is £76 for one, you could get two for 148 or if you wanted all three, then that would cost you 220 So it is quite pricey, but it is a very nice way of getting yourself some nice quick terrain. It's absolutely smash through its target, 37000 and it's on 231,000. There's still 16 days to go as we speak, so it's due to finish on Thursday, December the 3rd. Hopefully you enjoyed this week's show. I'd like to say a massive thank you once again to Pete for joining us and giving us his insight into what he thinks makes good games for kids. If you've got any comments on the games we picked, then by all means let us know. Alternatively, if you'd like us to do a Ramble Recommends for you, then just contact us at tabletopramble at gmail.com. The website is coming along nicely. We are a small team, so it's going to take us a little bit while to get up to full speed. But by all means, if you want to jump on, you'll find the show notes for everything that we've done this week. It'll be on there. So until next week, stay happy, stay healthy. I'll catch you then.